ever blank. So we could just like. So where's the most adventurous? You got it on a piece of gum. Yeah. Where's the most adventurous place you've ever pooped? <laughs> That's a great. I mean, I just press record. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I, I think the levels are good. And then, yeah, so anyway, I was telling you before. So I have the ability, theoretically, on paper with my line in. Although I have to be careful not to, like, keep touching the chord because you can hear it. But, like, I have the ability that we can play. If we want to listen to something, we can. Mm-hmm. It just gets piped in. You should check so out. So what am I checking out? Olafur. O-L-A-F-U-R. O L A F U R A R. Got it. I got it. Now, what? You have one thing. You have one thing you can show me. So, what do we? What do we got? Um, he looks cool. He looks like he's Icelandic. Oh, see, that's part of it, isn't it? Reykjavik. As as you know, I am also a fan of Icelandic music. Have you been there to Reykjavik? Mm -hmm. No, but I'm going. I found a two hundred and something dollar flight home from Scotland. When are you going? Uh, I mean, I'll be there for like two for like fifty five minutes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but yeah, this is this is my year. Okay. So well, the airport's nice. The airport's heard, nice. I mean, it's can expensive. you see anything? Can you see like mountains or? Yeah, when you land there, you're gonna feel like you're on a different planet. That's this is good. This mm-hmm. is what I want. I only have fifty five minutes, so I want it to be. <laughs> I want it to be good. It's cool. And um, yeah, it's it's a nice airport, but it's it is very expensive, super expensive in Iceland. Um, so he did the. Why do you think that is? We can talk about that later. Yeah, uh, I don't know, because I went there for like six days a couple of years ago. It was amazing, super expensive. Um, I couldn't quite figure out other than tourism. What goes on there? Ooh, you know, like one of the things, can you predict where I'm going with this? There's a reason I'm even more of a fan of Iceland lately. Can you guess what it is? Bitcoin? No, although that's pretty cool. Mining? No. You're way, I'm surprised you haven't guessed yet. So The, the re- remoteness? The reason is all of the best women CrossFitters mm. come from Iceland. Believable. And the mountain from Game of Thrones, he's from that same sort of like, there's something going on there. Some, some people think it's the cod liver oil that, that like, do you know Icelandic people? I could be totally wrong because, as you know, I, I have never been there. But apparently they're really into the cod liver oil. And they'll, you know, and they take a <laughs> dose daily just kind of as part of the culture, not because, not because they're on some sort of like special diet. I didn't know that. So uh, that's what I've heard people speculate that, but like, but uh, yeah, so Katrin, David's daughter, famous CrossFitter, Annie, Thora's daughter, famous CrossFitter and operates like CrossFit Reykjavik, I think. A huge mega gym. Dude, you got to go. Check uh, it out. Sarah Sigmund's daughter. And then there's somebody named Helga daughter that's always up there. Like daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Like Icelandic. Mm-hmm. Strong. Mm-hmm. Like ultra... Something going on. You got to go there. I'm do, going. There. Do some. Do some. Yeah, but like experience it. Do some CrossFit there. I mean, if I if I miss my incredibly tight connection, which you might, which I might, 
Um, you might be there for a day. Like I, so I should make sure I pack like the basic CrossFit essentials in my uh, pipe case. Yeah, because if you miss that flight, there's your excuse to get into the city, go to CrossFit. I'm so frustrated. I have to work out my frustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Annie Thorey's daughter's gym. There are worse places to be stuck for a day. This is audio, so there's no point like showing you. Like you should see, like Annie Thor's daughter deadlift. You could you can show me. Uh, maybe I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have. To, okay, so. But anyway, where I was going, however, was before you get on this Icelandic musician. Mm-hmm. She, my one rep max deadlift is like three sixty five or something. I'm not like I mean it should be higher. It will be higher over time. Mm-hmm. Like there's videos of her. Doing that ten times, like a set of ten of those. And and how like um, how tall is she? What size she's is probably she? Probably about my height. She's quite tall. Okay. Um, but I don't know if you've seen CrossFit women before. I have. They're not like they're definitely super built, but mm-hmm. the best ones are not like beastly. Like mm-hmm. it's not like what you think. It's like technique driven. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But but also like the body type is not like it's not like the oiled nasty like bodybuilding women no offense if anyone's listening and they're into that but like that's not my you know what i mean but like <laughs> yeah. they're they're not like they're not super beastly they're, I got they're it. definitely built mm-hmm. but um but uh it's it's remarkable mike uh this is our first this is the first time i try this so just feeling a little bit close so if you had to show me one olafur arnold's one yeah, okay, so he, he did the music. He got kind of like really famous because he did the music for Broadchurch, which is a really excellent Why TV show. Why have I heard of that? Because I'm sure you've, Where is it you've on? seen ads. Netflix. Netflix? It's on Netflix, but it was, right. on, it was a BBC show. Um, amazing show. Um, David Tennant, who I think was Doctor Who or was in Doctor Who. I've never seen Doctor Who. I don't know if that's. I've never seen it either. I yeah. mean, I've I've seen I've seen it, mm-hmm. but not watched it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Oliver, he did. I mean, if you're gonna check out anything right off the bat, I mean, you're. I mean, we're all checking it out together. Yeah, it's probably one of the things from Broadchurch would be a good. Um, all right, how do I get to that? Do you think it's in the essentials playlist that Apple offers up? Yeah. So like, <clears throat> Beth's theme. Main, good. main theme? Main theme is good. What's yeah. better, Beth's or main theme? They're, the whole thing, it's all good. Okay, let's try the main theme. We probably shouldn't play the whole thing because mm-hmm. like, our podcast will get flagged. <laughs>
maybe not the greatest thing to to check out first. But there you go. Got a little motion here. I was about to say. So, you you wander around town listening to this. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Getting my morning coffee. If you watch the show, this would probably mean more to you. I mean, uh, I'm excited to watch the show because I like good music and what have you. Pretty good, right? So, um, so that begs the question, right? Does staring into beautiful expanse produce better compositions? <laughs> like that's why it's so expensive in Iceland, right? Because they're all sitting around composing like ostinato. Mm-hmm. style music for a variety of super big films and people like people want to tap into the water you know from the mountains but mm-hmm. they can't because it could disrupt the view that that, that the composers need to create like really good stuff that's probably why definitely yeah that's it you know it's good stuff i mean you're a composer like is there anything to that <clears throat> Hmm. Like, do you, is it like what, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think, like I I compose stuff. Mm -hmm. The latest thing I composed that was good was like in London Heathrow airport though. Interesting. In my brain. Mm -hmm. People watching. It's busy. That's a, that's a busy place. To be honest, I was with Stephen McCorder and Callum Beaumont. Mm. Good company. <laughs> yeah. And Good like company. maybe I was, yeah. I was, maybe, I was probably pretending to listen to what they had to say. Although they don't really like, you ever find that when you travel with people and you're kind of excited to get to hang out with them, but then you realize when they travel, they don't really do anything. They just, you know, they're tired. Yeah. Yeah. And they've already, they've already talked about all the things they need to talk about. Yeah. I think that's part of traveling though. Yeah. The tiredness. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. I used to travel with Jack Lee. Yeah, he's yeah. I think I told you this. Probably, it's like some of the most amazing sleep craft I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. It really, it really was like so. So he, you know, Jack is like 
super inspiring. Like my, my work ethic, even though it's still shit, the reason it's better is because it was like so much inspired by Jack. Like, you know, oh, I want to have a, I want to have a bagpipe business. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do I do that? Well, what is, you know, Jack woke up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. he probably doesn't anymore because. Oh, I think he does. Maybe he does. I think he does. Because you get, you get, you do get kind of into it. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, wakes up at 4 a.m. and like does a full day's work before anybody else wakes up. So like, that's what I did for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's why seven. What time is it? That's why eight eleven in the morning is like it's kind of like my noon still mm-hmm. to a degree. But I digress. So. But yeah, traveling with people like Jack. So for a young guy traveling with Jack, it's like, nice. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Coolest thing ever. Well, like, you're either walking through the airport or you're like sitting on an airplane. But like, if you're sitting on an airplane, you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I do. But like, I, I mean, if you sleep to the degree Jack sleeps on a plane, I'd be seriously impressed. But I think... I. I, I... I don't. I can't say I do, though. I have sat beside him on an airplane. Um, was it memorable? <clears throat> yeah, it was actually. Yeah, because did you chat? In or? fact, it was um, coming Could, coming home from winter storm. Because if you had any conversation with him on an airplane, I call bullshit. No, just a little bit as they came on the plane All because right. um, it was a connection in Denver, and from from Kansas City, Denver to Vancouver. Vancouver. I think I've done that route before. And the Lees, the entire family, were the last people on the plane. They must have just gotten to Denver. They, they were on a later flight from Kansas City um, than I was. I was earlier, but we, they were the last people on the flight boarded going to Vancouver. And they were, they were you know, um, clearly winded running through the, not Jack, He's in good shape, that Jack Lee. Is he? Uh, he's pretty good shape. Does he have a treadmill down there or what? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. But he just, you know, he he just he's on a hundred all the time. But um, they you were. You know, it's interesting. I, sh- uh, I go ahead, finish your story because they, the, they were the they were the last people. They were the last people on the plane, and uh, and uh, I had almost, I think, already fallen asleep because I like to do that fall asleep before we even take off, and uh, I wake up and the Lee family's all running on the plane and. Jack was right there beside me. And so just like, hey, wow, glad you made your flight. Well, tight connection. Yeah, hey, how was Kansas City for you? Oh, it was great. Then then, you put the earplugs in and (laughs) and go to sleep? Basically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is great, though. Like, you know. It's it's epic. You got to catch up on the sleep when you can. Jack likes to, and this is uh, a quote, he likes to cram in the positives. He likes (laughs) to cram in the positives, right? Like get as much done as you can and, and try and be positive about it. And then I'm sure he catches up on his sleep on the plane. Probably, no, probably no anywhere. There's no doubt. See, yeah. my, I fall asleep on the tarmac too, mm-hmm. but then I wake up when we take off. <clears throat> and then I'm just a little bit, I'm just scared enough of flying that once I wake up during takeoff, like it's really hard for me to sleep. I'm not afraid of flying, but just enough. Like the, just a tiny bit uncomfortable with it. Mm. So on the tarmac, it's like, I, I go out like a light because it's just that rumbling and the sound and it's super hypnotic, right? But then uh, then the takeoff wakes me up and then I'm just kind of too wired usually. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm way better now. Like, I mean, the, that Scotland flight that I do on a fairly regular basis now, 
Like, I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. The problem with Scotland flight is, you've probably done it, Newark to Glasgow, mm-hmm. is it's too short. Mm-hmm. So, so an hour into the flight, they serve dinner. Yeah. And then... I don't know. They're better on the London flight. They know to just give it all to you so you can go to sleep because they're just more, they're just more pro on the London flight. I think you have to be good. You have to be a good flight attendant to get on that flight because that's like their, that's like their flagship flight. Yeah. Yeah. But the Glasgow flight is like, I'm going to come around with some drinks. Now we're going to come around with some dinner. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to come around and offer you another drink. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to come around and clean up your dinner. You just want it like... Now we're going to come around and give you dessert. And then there's only like three hours left of the flight. Yeah. And so, you, you know, like, so that can be annoying. Got to watch a movie then. <laughs> yeah. I, it, for me, it's worth even a couple hours is worth it. Oh, no. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like to, to wake up just for the, just for, uh, you know, some sparkling water and then back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like a shame to waste that meal. <laughs> yeah, but mine's a gluten-free meal. Oh, yeah. Yours doesn't even... Mm. Like, what is... Yeah. I don't know what that is. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes. So, Broadchurch, like... You gotta, you gotta check it out. What's the premise? The premise is... Um, the very start of the show, a little boy is murdered. And then it's, who did it? Right, it's a it's, it's a, a who done it. It's a who done it, and but with like the, the music like that, it can't be a straightforward who done it. No, and it's a very um, it it takes place in a very small town, and so everyone's a suspect. That's basically nice. the the premise, and uh, it's really really well done. Uh, My I, wife is into shows like that, so that could be a dual watchable. Mm-hmm. No, it's really really good. Um, I've only seen the first two seasons. There are uh, four, I think. Um, Apparently the third and fourth are really good. Um, they they did a remake. Fox did a remake of it. It's a British show, right? Fox did a remake of it. They called it Grace Point. And here's the kicker: David Tennant stars in Broadchurch. Sorry, I'm just gotta. I gotta like. I'm gonna move this. I think I'm the one making the microphone sounds. Oh, he um. I kept he, hearing it and it kept bothering me. I think maybe that'll be better. He he uh, he played the same role. In the American version, the lead detective. What? Which is just strange, right? Like you, you take a guy who was a popular show, right? It was on BBC and then it was on Netflix. Fox remakes the show, which often happens, right? American TV shows based off of other countries' TV shows, and then um, and then he's he's the same role on the the American version. Uh, I never saw it, but interesting. It it didn't. I don't think it made it past one one season. Anyway, uh, worth checking out. <clears throat> so interesting. I'm into it because, mm-hmm. like, there's other shows. Like, have you seen um, the X Files woman and the Fifty Shades of Grey guy? They're in one a show that sounds kind of similar. Is it called? Um, What's it called? The Bridge. No. Um, I I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, the Irish guy. Is it called Belfast? No, it's it's based kind of in and around Belfast, I think. But um, I'm gonna have to check it out. Hold on. It's very good though, and mm-hmm. I think it's only three seasons. But that's like super. So she, she's like the detective that's trying to find him. I'm I'm just checking on Netflix right now what it's called because I have seen it and it's gonna 
It's going to drive me crazy. Um, the Fall. The Fall. The Fall. The Fall. Yeah. I have heard of it. It's on Netflix. Pretty sure. Yeah, it is. Um, it's funny, though, that you called him, that, that you didn't know actors' names, which is totally fine. I do. Totally uh, Jamie Dornan is his name now that I, like, it somehow came into my brain. Right? B- big fan of Fifty Shades or what? No. <laughs> Not at all. Um, That's and- like one of those things, right? Like, that had big, for, had big promise for men and for women, but for different reasons, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. But like, for me, uh, it's like, isn't it PG-13 or something? Like, it's not even rated R? Um, I don't know. No, it's rated R. I think it's... I'm, it's I'm, I'm sure it's probably rated I'm sure R. sure it's probably rated R. Um, but Julian Anderson, really good. She's really good. Um, X-Files, right? Yes, of course. And um, totally jumping to a different TV show, Hannibal. Did you watch Hannibal? No. Probably one of the best um, network TV shows. Like... Uh, like NBC, ABC, CBS. I feel like I... Who did the music for that show? I don't know. I should know. We can Google that. I feel like it was somebody like I've been hearing about or something. But really, really well done TV show. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, Hugh Dancy, Jillian Anderson. Hugh Dancy's from like Downton Abbey and like Notting Hill and stuff, right? Is that the same guy? No, no. it's not. No, that's Hugh Bonneville. Hugh Bonneville. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lawrence Fishburne, isn't it? Hannibal? Really, really good. Fishy. <laughs> yes, yes. Matrix. Yeah. Which, by the way, one of the greatest movies of all time. It is one mm-hmm. of the greatest movies of all time. And it's like, it's, a sad, it's sad that it's like a cliche for hipsters. I know. Like, but, hipsters are too cool for the Matrix. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say about that. I, I've heard interesting conversations like, uh, I think it was the Elon Musk, Joe Rogan conversation, where it's like, there's an extremely high probability that we are just someone else's simulation. <laughs> and like, uh, it definitely like, because, of course, you watch The Matrix, you have to think about it. But, like, now there's this guy, Elon Musk, who's, like, achieving, like, seemingly supernatural things. And he's, you know, which could be explained by, like, some computer patch or something, right? Mm. Like, we could just be some, like, awful brats video game. I've, I've heard this theory. And it's kind of interesting, right? Because, because uh I wouldn't say we all, but the vast majority of us have this feeling of some higher power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, <clears throat> like huge, huge wars have been fought and continue to be fought over this idea. And like, wouldn't it be just like totally classic if it was just some kid playing A an advanced game? version of SimCity? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's wild to think about. But like, he thinks, Elon Musk thinks, it's like, it's more, it's far more probable than not. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard pretty intelligent people talk about it. Um, I don't know. It's just. And then, and then, the, then it begs the question, even if that's true, it doesn't matter. It can't matter because mm-hmm. this is our existence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you, 
if you operated thinking about that in any other way, I think I think you'd probably drive yourself crazy. So right? let me let me steer this let me steer this into a like a more maybe what people might have <laughs> for some reason continued to listen to this conversation. So if we're living in a simulation, if if this is some kid playing SimCity and he can program people like Elon Musk, why the hell are there only four judges at the World Pipe Band Championships? <laughs> like you could program any number of judges. Why four? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a good question. How many people judged the World Solo Drumming Final? Four people. The same number of people mm-hmm. decided the World Solo Drumming mm-hmm. as the World Pipe Band Championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in, each, in each discipline, right? So you had eight. Yeah. Overall, like the world. Like the world. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's just um, weird. Entertainment value? That kid is just like <laughs> four. <laughs> you were the best in three out of the four categories. Ninth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but like, okay, so we, we've been, obviously, we, we talk a lot and we have a lot in common, but I think there's a, I think we've identified one of the things we have in common is like a craving for higher legitimacy of some of these things. Like, so here's, here's a question for you. Here's a theory. Theory. Mm-hmm. The great titans of today are going to regret, in, like in 25 years, they're going to regret that they didn't do more to help things be more legitimate. Because here's what happens, right? And it's the same thing, and it happens in politics too. I don't think you don't care, but I think you become, the instant you win, you become significantly, significantly more apathetic to the illegitimacy of the way things work. Let me give you an example from my own experience. For, what, 15-something years, playing in grade one, not winning, right? Like, there was was mythology out there about me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. Oh, you know. You came right over, right? (laughs) And you said, like, thank God the curse has been broken. That was what you said. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, which is great. So I was cursed for 15 years. And you broke it. You broke it. Suddenly... You feel a lot less concerned about like all the, you know, not that they're crimes of humanity, right? There's nobody, I think you could start this conversation off and you need to every time. Like nobody standing around with a clipboard being like, I'm going to screw that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we like to think that in our heads sometimes, especially like in the moments after like a, you know, a, uh, a ninth place result or something, but like nobody's doing that. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. I or don't if think... they are doing it, or if there are people doing that, <clears throat> they're in the minority and like, whatever. Okay. That's out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's a total... It's, it's like, a, it's totally and illegitimate. Mm-hmm. That uh, the scoring system is, in my opinion, but like the fact that there are millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars spent by the participants and the organizers of these events. And then you get a totally statistically insignificant sample size to decide the result. Mm-hmm. Plus, right? Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing that bugs me. And we've talked about this a little bit, but like 
Next thing that bugs me is how many bands are there in the world championship final? Um, in the final, I think 12. 12. 12. Can we round down to 10 for sim- simplicity of the math? Well, there used to be 14. Let's round down to 10 yeah. for the simplicity of the math, right? Say there's 10 bands in the final. Mm-hmm. Difference between first and second place, mathematically, is 10%. Every placing is a 10% difference. So it's a little less than that. It's like 8% mm-hmm. or whatever if it's uh, 12 bands in the final. But like that's, that's mortal, mortally flawed. Is that even a thing? That's fatally flawed. Fatally flawed. It's a fatally flawed system, right? Because uh, let's say SFU drum corps, Inverary drum corps, uh, St. Lawrence drum corps, Field Marshal drum corps, right? Mm-hmm. What's the differential? Like if you just had to pull it out of a hat, score out of 100, right? Uh, Let's say on any given day, let's say Field Marshal's fourth in drumming and SFU's first. Okay. Is Field Marshal's drum corps 40% worse than SFU's drum corps on any given day? No. No. It's just not. Uh, no, at the top, at the top, at the top. Um... At the top, it's splitting hairs. Yeah. So you could say SFU is definitely better than Field Marshal in the drumming today. You could say that. But nobody in the final is 40% worse than the winner. But that's what can happen, right? So, mm-hmm. so let's, say you have, let's, let's, let's say all four of those drum corps are vying for the top spot, and they're all very close. On any given day, any one of those drum corps could win. Mm-hmm. But one of those bands is going to get fourth, and the other one's going to get first. Mm-hmm. That's mathematically, that's a, I mean, round, rounding it out for simplicity's sake, 40% worse if you get fourth instead of first. You just got 40% carved out of your score. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not a mathematician, so I'd probably screw that up. But it's definitely not what it needs to be, which is if it is splitting hairs, the scoring needs to reflect that. Yeah, I can, I can go along with that. Like that's a, huge, that's a huge issue. It also makes tomfoolery super, super basic, right? Let's say I do have a bias. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not, and maybe it's subconscious, right? Like let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt here subconscious like you know my uncle used to play in that band and and so like i have a soft spot in my heart for that band so whenever they show up on the field like i'm liking what i'm hearing Mm -hmm. whether it's you know whether it's conscious or subconscious i think all sorts of biases exist for example it's going to be hard for me to ever not love like sfu pipe band right every everyone has a bias of course like let's just be clear about that and and my personal opinion is that biases, like, they exist, so let's acknowledge them. And they're okay. Like, to me, to me, just kind of going off here on a little shot, is I want the bias, though, I want that to come into play only when you're splitting hairs. Right. So when it's, when it's um, well, that just hit me a little bit harder. But that's what happens, right? Like what you're describing is how the grade one is judged because it's all almost always splitting hairs. Not always. Like, I mean, there's definitely times where no question field marshal needs to be first in piping mm-hmm. or, uh, or no question Inverary's ensemble is the best or whatever. 
I, I like I, you're going to have those moments, but I think as a judge, it's like, okay, well, what did I like better? Because mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Because everything else is so good, right? So you might be doing that across several bands, though. Like, man, I just felt like uh, I just felt like so and so had the like just that certain something today. So you give them first, but then like the band that you just gave fourth. It's not that fourth place is not reflective about how you felt about that performance. I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. I, I'm you, you're not you're not agreeing with me enough, though. <laughs> like I can see you're you're like no 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 I I do agree with you, but I think that th- that's I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature that we are unfortunately it it reflects as though oh well i thought that that was fourth place and so that can be construed as i didn't like it right and i don't think that's the case no that's my po- that's my point i think are we agreeing yeah i think so okay i think so that's uh, my point for sure which is which then that's how you would interpret you that's how you would interpret it so like so we're playing the worlds right oh crap i just got second instead of first that sucks trust me i know it mm-hmm. sucks mm-hmm. it's happened mm-hmm. to me a few times uh <clears throat> That sucks. I I just got second instead of first. What? Mm-hmm. That guy gave us fifth mm-hmm. in drumming. Oh, I'm so mad. That guy's a jerk. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be more interesting if if you got fifth, but you can see that uh, that band got 98.6, and and this band got 98.5, 98.2, and oh, he had us 97.9. Yeah, but that's I think- a lot different. And then the band below us. Yes. It's 87.9. But you're talking you're talking about then just the the um like visualizing the closeness of the competition. Yeah, right? I'm talking like how, about like, like how tight the competition actually is. Yeah. Right? Where sure you can see that in a placing, but you don't but that placing as you're saying is basically you know, uh, the placing is what's used to formulate uh, the winners, right? But but you're talking about like if you, you said if ten bands are in the final, then it's ten percent between each band, right? That's that's right for simplicity of the math. For simplicity of the math, or if it's twelve, it's something like eight percent, whatever. Um, if you get last, you're zero. <clears throat> Second last is ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, six, seven, all the way up to a hundred. Okay, would be like you know how the how it would shake out. But I'm saying if the, it sounds to me, and I think, excuse me, I think we are agreeing, but you want to see, you want to see more of how close the competition actually is. I think you have to though, because like, have you ever heard a band where uh, the piping is amazing, drumming is quite good, but the ensemble is just not good? Yeah, but hold on one second. We'll come back to that. But at the end of the day, whether it's placings or or percentage points of 98.2 and then 97.7, you're still going to have a result that you can see is closer than maybe you you interpreted it before, but that's still going to be the result, right? No, the result I think could I think the result could be significantly different. Maybe not though. I, maybe you're right about that. I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sold on that because. Um, the only way, <clears throat> the only way that, that that could, in my opinion, and I could be totally wrong here, but 
they they used to have a point we need system. Alec, we need Alex Douglas here. He he could figure out the math for you real quick. Yeah, they they used to have a point system. I think similar to what you're talking about, right? And um, there there were like a quarter of a point, third of a point, uh, and so on. So you would get ninety seven and a half, and the the winning band would be ninety eight, right? But that could also be used. It could be used. Well, and that's the argument against what I'm saying. Totally, totally to to promote and or um, demote bands that you like or don't like. And I think if you look back in um, in history at some of the the winning bands in 70s, 80s, early 90s, bands were winning because they had 10 points more in uh, piping or 10 points more in drumming or somebody or somebody sank the other band like disproportionately using points right which which I think you can't really do now because it's it's um, it's a placing right and so you you can you can put somebody eight placings down but I, I think to me you could go to what you're talking about and I think that that would almost as competitors make us feel better because we can see then, okay, that was actually really close. Yeah. I mean, there's a risk. There are risks. There are risk factors mm-hmm. because to do that successfully, now you have to develop like, which I think should be developed, but it's risky. Mm-hmm. You have to develop a list of criteria and ask scoring to be generated based on that criteria. And then by doing that, do like by doing that, you inevitably chip away at the je ne sais quoi, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that special something factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But don't you think that that's still going to come into play? I I think it needs to, Mm -hmm. like style points. Yeah. Like even in figure skating and snowboarding, they still have that. But that's, that's, that to me, that is essentially how I think about it. But could you imagine a pipe band world that is as legit, see, this is, see, this is going to get people ticked off, but it's on purpose. Okay. Could you imagine a pipe band world as legitimate as international figure skating. That would be, in my opinion, totally amazing. Like figure skating, huge scandal, right? Yeah, that one time, huge massive scandal. That one time like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure there are minor scandals still, but... It's imaginable. It is, it's imaginable. But that's the thing, right? But that would be a astronomically huge step forward for piping. Mm-hmm. If, if we became that, like nothing's going to be perfect. I get it. Mm-hmm. No problem. But like, you know, snowboarding is wicked cool. There's, there's, some, there's something there that allows them to generate a number on a TV screen. And like people are going back to their homes and training really, really hard to transcend the level. Right. And people are flying blind in the pipe band world trying to do that. So, you know, so, so you, that's part of what this is about. It's not just about, I want to win, you know, I think I'm better than whatever. But it's also like, okay, so we didn't win this year. What do we need to go home and do to transcend the level? Uh, right now, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no data. Mm-hmm. I th- see, I think that's Do you a- think there's data? Like, I mean, is, score, is a score sheet No, I, 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 I think, but I think that's a, I think that's a more difficult, I think that's a more difficult um, avenue to go down but that's part of what it's about right so if sean sean what's his face does the snowboard thing 
and doesn't win, mm-hmm. he'll be able to drill into the components of his score to see what was lacking. No, for sure, for sure. But and that's where that's where um, Sean White, Sean White. That's where coming from um, specific criteria that he knows. Oh, well, I got a score for this because of this. Now I can go and try and improve it. That's what you're talking about, yeah. right? Um, I think th- I think that that would be amazing if if that was the 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 way that we started to kind of implement things, but I don't know if slash when that might happen. It's and like it's, and, a, it's a it's it takes it would take major balls to well, do that. It would take, but it it would also take, and I and I don't I'm not I'm not um, trying to slag off any any judges or organizations. Oh, don't, don't worry, Blair. That will inevitably be inevitably be the conclusion of many people. But I, but, so but need, I think you don't but, have to mention it. But I think that I think that it would need. <laughs> I think that what you're talking about, which I think is a good thing, uh, potentially down the line. But I think it would. I think it would take more training, more education, and getting people to remove some of the emotional, stylistic. Um, approach to how they're listening and judging and move it into uh, this is a specific thing that we're going to score on and um, and then people potentially and this goes for for grade one bands grade two bands but you know also um, the the lower grades as uh, as well um, that they could actually take something home and try to improve I think that's what you're talking about just like uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe am I making a mountain out of a molehill? I don't know. So there were there are definitely some out there who think that's the case, but like I I have a feeling that what's going on is like not good enough. I don't I don't necessarily disagree. Um, that's that's a really uh, that's a really uh, spineless way of telling me you agree a lot. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that that I think is is interesting. I'm just kidding, by the way. When you think about when you think about Spine, judging, spineless was a little harsh. When you think about judging and placements, right? Is it's hard being a judge. It's really hard being a judge. And there's no there's no um, you don't win. And what I mean by that is you're always going to be a villain to. Ninety-eight percent of the the people you judge or the yeah. bands you judge. And it's funny. I was talking with Glenn a lot about that. Yeah, but I think that's like he I doesn't want to be. I mean, you know, maybe he. I'm sure he will be someday. But like, he certainly it would be in no rush to become an RSPBA judge because that's a tough game, and you're friends with so many people. Right, and I think that that's something though that people need to appreciate. Like players need to appreciate that, as you said, twenty minutes ago, nobody's actually standing there saying. I'm going to have this guy ninth today. Yeah, those, like I just those, don't, those guys are dicks. I just, but I don't really think that that exists. No. And, and not I think really, no, no. I mean, th- that would be an outlier. Like, like that would be the exception to, and certainly in most, you know, people are trained mm-hmm. to set aside, you know, like that's part of the training is to set aside like subjective things mm-hmm. and try to, you know, and try to be objective about a performance. And that would include, you know, personal feelings towards people and whatever, like, like people are not, you know, uh, people are not, which, I, and I don't want to go down this direction, but that's part of why I like, I think the family rule and the teacher rule and all that stuff, like I personally feel it's unnecessary because we need, we need those people like, like, uh, uh, giving feedback 
That is a debate for a different day. Different day. Um, or maybe like different hour. Who sure. Knows? Sure. Well, we need more coffee for that. We, um, we can which, and should take a break. And By the way, excellent coffee. The coffee is good, right? Stacks in Troy. Very good. No, we were in Albany for Stacks. Albany. Sorry. There's two Stacks in Albany, and apparently they're opening a Framingham location. Like in Boston or something. Wow. Or Framingham or Natick or something. That would be cool. But I, I want to go really quickly just back to to talk about the, as a player, sometimes how we feel about placings. So, and as a judge as well, the the thankless job of being a judge, right? I've, I've, I've experienced this as a judge and I've also experienced it as a player um, where, and talking about splitting hairs, right? When you get an eighth or a ninth place, that's hard, right? It's like, oh man, I thought I played way better than that. However, you then kind of have to sit back and say, well, I don't, I don't like that eight people were in front of me, but maybe, and this goes, I think, to the point of, of, say, of saying and seeing visually um, the, 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 the percentages. Let's say that there was only 0.2% between each player, right? Would that make you feel better if you were still ninth place, but you could see that it was super, super close to that judge? Or, Would it make you feel better? And then like, also mathematically, does it matter? I don't I'm th- not quite sure it does anymore. I don't think it does. I was sure, but now I'm less sure. Yeah, because I think the result is still going to come out, I think. I could be totally wrong, but I think it would still come out as, as a placing. Um, but my, my point is, it is initially quite tough to see that when you see the results and you see, oh, I had a, a second and a third and a ninth or whatever. And then you go, but for whatever reason, and this is where I think having specific criteria that you score could be very helpful. I think it's, I think that's gotta be true regardless. Yeah. But, but, Oh man, I don't know what that was. That was a sound from my computer that came through, but, but because it's on a different channel, uh, you won't probably hear it in the podcast because I'll just Just chop it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, but my point is that is hard to take a lot of the time as a player, but it's also hard as a judge knowing that you're going to have somebody ninth or 10th or 11th when, when, and, and people don't want to hear this, but realistically they probably could have been fifth. You know what I mean? There's like, and that's the, that's it. That is it though. That's mm-hmm. the fulcrum pain point. The pain point is I think we deserve a world. Mm-hmm. Legitimate. A legitimate bagpipe world. I think we deserve a world where you can be 95% sure. Always got to leave room for error. In a subjective, like, art form-ish type competition. Yeah. But you, you, we deserve a world where you could be 95% sure mm-hmm. that you didn't get screwed. Mm-hmm. How sure are you now on any given competition? As I get older, I'm, I'm slightly more sure. But it's not 95 I don't know if it's 95, but 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 it goes back to what we were just talking about where I, I as I get older and 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 no But you should not, also be but let's flip it too. You should also be 95% sure as a judge that you got the right result. I don't think judges are 95% sure they got the right result. I think a lot of them are. Some of them are mistakenly. I think a lot of them are. But 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 I, I I'll be a judge like I can judge a grade 4 competition. Mhm. 
Uh, I, I could be 95% sure I have the winner right. Mm-hmm. But then there's a whole lot more to it than that. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what I that's what I think I'm trying to say is um I think it's the right thing to do to try and go down a path of setting up specific criteria almost like a checklist that you go through. Definitely like a checklist. And and that would we kind of touched on this last night when we were talking. It that's that's kind of um it's kind of a protection for the player and the judge. For sure. Right? Where, and, th- and there are other things that we could talk about with this as well, but um, it's like a safeguard where, where you have um, a justification, like in front of you, a justification for why you were placed there, but also for the judge to say, well, but this is, this is why you were eighth place. It's a really difficult thing though. Cause I've experimented with this idea quite extensively. As a matter of fact, uh, at, at the dojo, we, we have like a, I have like a rubric that we use to evaluate performances, which is cool. But like, it's very interesting. There are factors there that you're not considering that make it different, or at least that I haven't considered. Here's one, the, the biggest example I'm thinking of is, let's say one of the criteria for pipe, let's say for pipers, because that's like my area, right? Let's say, and not so much bands. So think of a piping solo competition. Let's say embellishment quality is one of the factors. Mm-hmm. And you need, to, you need to give a score on embellishment quality. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Like, it's kind of like in... Uh, figure skating, right? Your your double sow cow, whatever element mm-hmm. is going to be marked. But it's different with embellishment quality because the embellishments are happening continuously throughout the entire performance. So what if your embellishments are kick ass in the first part, mm-hmm. pretty good in the second part, getting worse in the third part, and all over the place in the fourth part, which, by the way, is extremely common for novice players. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what score do you give? Yeah, that would be tough. How do you mark that element? That's it's like, and that's totally realistic because tunes get more difficult as they go on, and people lose, you know, people lose focus, focus and stamina, mm-hmm. and that's very common. And and so you could round that up to any pipe band issue too. Mm-hmm. Tonal quality. How many bands? As a matter of fact, like Jack, you know, Jack used to sort of, I don't know what the word would be, but like he used to make that point all the time to SFU, right? Like all the bands sound as good as us mm-hmm. in the first 45 seconds. Very few bands can sound as good as us by the middle or end of the performance. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, certainly, you know, that was like, uh, at that time, that was certainly very true. Mm-hmm. Like to get the tone to hold was something really only the, and you remember the big three from the, like that decade mm-hmm. where it was just shots FM and SFU for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, and one of the big factors, <clears throat> this is something that we kept drilling into was, you know, getting that great tone that held. Yeah. The sound. Yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, that was, and it's like way, it's way better now. It's really interesting, but like, how often was that quality of tone art just to try and get us steer us back to the topic? Like that, how how often was that quality of tone as one of the major factors of who wins and who doesn't? How often was that articulated clearly for all bands to see on all the sheets? Yeah, I'm not sure, but 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 don't you think though that people had to figure that out on their own? Fly, you know, flying like trying to drive a car with a blindfold on. 
Yeah. That's what like, that's what I feel like pipe banding is. And it's not just in the top grades either. No. I, I, you know, it's not like, for example, uh, the reason a grade four band wins a competition and another grade four band definitely does not win might be because one, you know, all the individuals in one band are playing the notes with no crossing noises Mm -hmm. and the other band is just rampant, like tech, you know, individual technique, just rampantly bad, but that's a hard thing to articulate on a score sheet. So Mm -hmm. instead you say stuff like tempo, the tempo, watch the tempos, Mm -hmm. you know, bad attack. Uh, you know, the flow wasn't quite there, like some sloppy technique coming through, but, but there's no like steering, there's no steering device there. Like, like what is the, what am I need to, what do I need to focus on to like move the needle? It's not there. Meanwhile, let's say you, let's say you operate a business or something, right? Like you can look into your profit and loss sheet and, or your balance sheet and there, there are tons of steering elements there. Like, oh crap, why am I lo- like, why am I, why am I losing like so much money every month? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we're like, we're paying that much to yeah. who? Yeah. But there's not. We don't have that. I think that's the issue. Uh, so, judges poll. I think that idea I came up with last night was good. Mm-hmm. It was. I think it was a good idea. It was. You want to talk about that and then take a coffee break? Yeah. So here's my idea. And it's, it's, un, it's undeveloped. It's, uh, it's less than 24 it's hours old. Freewheeling. But in college basketball, they have coaches poll where all the coaches, they take a poll of all the coaches in the NCAA or whatever, and the coaches rank, the, the coaches rank like the top 10 teams or something the way that they see it or whatever. Or maybe they even do the top 25 the way the coaches see it. Mm-hmm. And then across all the coaches, they're able to formulate who the actual best teams are based on like the number of votes that different teams get. They also have a similar poll for the AP press people and that's how they rank teams and they use those rankings to determine lots of interesting things. Uh, And uh, Las Vegas, you know, Las Vegas uses them heavily to determine odds uh, and stuff as well. Like they're real things. These polls are real money makers, money, just like pipe bands. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, so, so anyway, I think it would be interesting and it's not just, what's interesting about it is it's not just to like make sure judges behave. It's also to protect judges too, which we talked about. Uh, but like after every major, all RSPBA judges should be listening, should listen to the recordings within a week or whatever and give their result. That's my idea. And that would be a large sample size. And you would use, you'd have to all listen to the exact same recordings, like, the, like yeah, take, it, take drone course, for example. Yeah, you, it, would, it would need to be... Um, Standardized. That, yeah, that variable has to be removed, right? Like it's, it would be, it's, you would get an email on your desk. The this sun, is what you're listening to. Yeah, the Sunday afternoon after a major, like, by the way, here's, here's what you listen to, give your result. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to be clear, before you keep going, you're talking about having... Four judges judge the contest oh, yeah, on yeah. the day. Yep. Ju- four, th- you get your result the same way it's been. Everything on the day is the same. And then you go into this system where everyone that didn't judge that contest is required to listen to the contest and give their placings. That's right. Yeah. And I think that I think only the top grade would would be okay. 
Like, I don't think we need to do this with every contest that happens. I think that'd be overkill. Would, I don't know. Maybe you'd switch it up. Maybe you would give random grades. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe throughout the season. Maybe throughout the season, you you do switch it up, right? So that you are so that you are hearing twenty grade four bands, and everyone has to listen to that. For sure. Uh, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's like uh, so there's a basically it's a poll. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think the result is? And the entire panel does it. And it's partially professional development, but it's partially we're going to get an average of what the result would be across the entire panel. And then we can, can, we can compare the real result that happened to the statistically significant average produced by the entire panel. And then now we have some real data we can work with. For example, if anyone's result is significantly out of whack with the average. High or low. High or low. Uh, I don't think anybody would be scolded, but but that that could be uh, that could be something that prompts a review of some kind. Yeah. So basically, one of the things we talked about last night was performance review, right? Yeah. In every job that you ever have, you you have whether it's quarterly, uh, yearly, whatever it is, you have performance reviews, right? So yeah. this is this is kind of what prompted the conversation. Yeah. And I mean, it would just be interesting, right? Like, I don't think anything needs to happen other than if there's a result that's significantly out of whack, like. Uh, there would be a music board or something or a representative of some kind that could have a documented like review with that judge to be like, okay, like how did you get to this conclusion from that? Mm -hmm. And then maybe there's further training or education that could happen Mm -hmm. if it's determined that the result was actually out of whack or, or vice versa. Or maybe that judge has a great point and maybe there'll be patterns, right? Right. So, so the panel as a whole is getting the wrong result here. Because, you know, these results that keep coming up that are out of whack are all raising really good, but exactly the same point. Yeah. Like, for example, like, for example, you're missing, like, you're missing the fact that, su- you know, such and such was not actually playing clean execution. Mm-hmm. Listen to the grips, listen to Terlos or whatever, or in the drumming, I'm sure there's elements, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're missing the fact that that drum core is, you know, like drastically more dynamic mm-hmm. which is and what, it's a consistent thing yeah that's what you're talking but about but then but then like then it happens again a couple of weeks later mm-hmm. and the review happens again a different judge is saying guys what about the dynamics here folks and then suddenly now you have material for for a panel-wide training by the way i'm this is this would be great for every panel not just rspba probably yeah the more i think about it but like that would be a sensible way to keep all the judges current and involved mm-hmm and then, uh, but also, you could, you could extract really valuable data and definitely ramp up, definitely amplify legitimacy. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing, as you're talking about this, that I'm thinking about, and we, we did talk, uh, I think there are a lot of parallels between the sports world and, um, and the, the, the pipe band world. For sure. Um, Although, but there are also key differences. I know, I know. Um, and one of them is... The, the way that um, that crews, officiating crews, are chosen to officiate, um, quote-unquote, more important games, playoff games, and then championship games, right. are because of how they're graded throughout the year. Like, like It's th- because of their performance reviews. They are literally graded after every week of, of, um, of games, yeah. right? And, and so at the end of the, uh, 
the major league baseball season when it's in the not the end the end of the regular season going into the postseason and uh and then the world series crews are chosen based on their performance reviews throughout the year same in the the nfl and i'm sure um all kinds of other sport leagues, but uh, it's it, definitely the same in basketball. Yeah, it, it it would be really interesting to see that, right? Like, like nobody knows the the judges for the worlds until uh, two weeks before because because it's like you're you're going through a not I don't want to say call it a grading system, but a review system. But you could grade it, right? Or you could um, like the the number crunching is really easy, right? What is the st- what is your standard deviation? Mm-hmm. From uh, from the you know from the uh, from the polling, wouldn't that be interesting if you didn't know who the judges were for the worlds? I think that would be until I think that's the way it should be a week before the contest. I think that's the way it should be, and and uh, on the assumption that the the panel is being selected either totally randomly or based on some sort of uh, you know some sort of merit system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Way better. Mm-hmm. Think about how much, I mean, uh, I don't know. No, I probably shouldn't say any of that kind of stuff. But like, think about, let's just say, think about all the adjustments all of the top bands make based on uh, what the panel is. Mm-hmm. You know, there are extreme adjustments that have been made that I can pinpoint in my brain that I know for a fact have been made. But there's all sorts of tiny things mm-hmm. that, that get discussed that shouldn't be like, come on, really? Like, you should not be, you should not be uh, adjusting the mastery of your craft based on, uh, you know, judges. Which, which is funny because nobody wants to admit that they do that. Everybody does it. I know, but 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 no one wants to say, oh yeah, we're making these adjustments for this panel. How many people? Raise your hand out there. Of the four people that are listening to this, like, hi mom. Uh, of the four people who are listening to this. How many people out there have ever said to themselves, oh, that judge doesn't like me? If you haven't said that, you haven't been in the game very long. Yeah, yeah. You said that to me last night. Yeah, but... And and, but, and I'll say that to you. I can give you a list. But then that goes back to... That also then goes back to... And I said, like, I feel as I get older that I, I reconcile this more and more and more. Do you reconcile it more or do you care less? I, no, it's not that I care less. I, 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 I definitely care less. Like I care, I mm. definitely, which by the way, that's the apathy of having won it now. Mm. Like, you know, I definitely care less now. Like mm-hmm. if I get first at the world's this year, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to downplay how amazing it is, but if I don't, I'll be way less upset now than I would have been, than I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, before. I think, but I think, I think that comes with, with having won something, but also comes with the territory of realizing and I think this is an important lesson to try and realize and teach um, to younger people that, you know, winning doesn't necessarily mean first place, right? For sure. Like I, that, I agree with that 100%. Like, like that, that can't be the, the, the be all and end all of why we do this, right? Though we think that when we're 15, 16, 17, 18, and then as you, and older and older and older. In but, the pipe band world, it's, it's way older than that. Yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> but, but it starts really young. It starts really young that, that, you, that you start thinking like that. Like it's, it's win or bust. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure, like I don't think that's a healthy thing. And I think that you, you lose, you lose out on years of enjoyment. Let me flip this on you though. So you can, you can win without winning is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. You can lose, you can not win the pipe band competition and still have a win. Yeah. 
let me flip that on you though. You, you also, here, here's a major problem in pipe bands. You never have to admit that you lost because you can always claim, you can always claim that you were robbed. I know, but I think that's unfair. I think it's, I think it's really bad for our world. I know, but I, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, in, ba- as- in a basketball game, you can say the ref screwed you, mm-hmm. particularly if you lost by like two points or something. Mm-hmm. You could say the ref screwed you like once or twice. And you can say that and, and like deep in your soul, you can believe that. Mm-hmm. But if, if you lose a game by 10 points, you lost, bro. Right. But like pipe bands, we, we don't admit that. And, and, uh, and like, and we don't even myself, right? Like, like, do I think we, you know, all the times I lost the world, all, all the times we lost the world, do I think of those times as a win or a loss? Vast majority, not all. I think of it as a win because we played great, right? Mm-hmm. And in my mind, a lot of those times I can be like, oh, I think we deserve to win. Even though probably most of those times we, we freaking lost. Yeah. But, but that, and that needs to be the takeaway. Jack and Terry were so amazing that way. When we, got our, when we lost, they went home and were like, why did we lose? Mm-hmm. The rest of us, especially because I was a lot younger then as well, obviously. Like I was in my teens or whatever late teens, the rest of us go home and we're like, oh man, we got screwed. It sucks so bad. Like the world is so awful. Like whatever, like we should have won. We should have won. We should have won. But like the right thing to do is we lost. Move on. And what do we do to win? Right. And then move on. Yeah. Right. For sure. But that's, but that's, that's it's all blurry and it's, and it's toxic. That's the point that I'm trying to make yeah. is I think that Sorry, we're we, agreeing again. We, we need to, we need to try to get to the point where it's it's not only about first place and that's hard to do as competitors because you want that first place right but you don't have to take a first place to feel like you quote unquote won right um and sure. I, and some I think, bands are happy to qualify for example yeah but but the other thing that i'm trying to say is i think that it's unfair if you if you constantly go around going i got screwed i got screwed over and if that's the attitude all the time it's being unfair probably to yourself, but it's definitely being unfair to the judges and it's definitely being unfair to the other competitors because everyone's just out there doing the same thing. Everyone's out there playing their best, trying to play their best. And going back to what we talked about, I don't know, an hour ago, uh, I don't believe that there are people standing at the, the starting line saying, I'm going to have these this band or this person 10th today. Like, I just don't, I just... I think that is the rare, rare um, exception. When, yeah. when, 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 and, and I think that it's really unhealthy to think like that, to think, oh, I'm going to get buried by this person just because of this. And, um, but I think even in the, like, but, but also everybody has a bias. Mm-hmm. So, like, so I think what we're saying, and I agree with you, right, is like how many benefits there would be to not necessarily like a cut and dry way you have to score a pipe band contest, but a systematized method for achieving a result. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that, that, that makes everybody able to do their job better. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we can accept when we win or when we lose based on the system that's in place. And a judge can, you know, a judge can, uh, can, can actually set their biases aside to mm-hmm. a much more significant degree. Mm-hmm. For example, like, 
as a judge, right? There's going to be some drum corps that you prefer how they play over another's. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's what being a judge is, right? Uh, but if you could, and, and you might have that in your mind, right? It's like, what do you do with this? Like, I don't like, I don't like the, the style that they, or the, I'm not fam- as familiar with it, or like traditionally they haven't played well, or, or whatever. Like, you need a way, you need a way to, uh, you need a way to uh, process that information mm-hmm. in real time. With with absolutely minimized like bias, so you can go in with a, a as blank a slate as possible as possible because mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You don't if you judge grade one bands in the RSPBA. You that doesn't happen. You've heard all those bands. You're probably a fan of a bulk of those bands, so mm-hmm. you're you're very familiar with them. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you completely clear the slate? And I'm I'm sure I'm sure like I have faith that the vast majority of the people on the panel are are doing that to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely still have biases. Yeah, but like that... Who, like, like uh, never mind. I won't put you on the spot. That, that, go, that goes back, though, to what I was saying about, about it being human nature. You, you will never remove that completely, ever. No, but we can develop tools to, to like do a better job. Yes, and look, like if you ask me, um, what are you hoping for in, out of the judging in this contest, it would always be... I want the contest to be judged as quote unquote fairly as possible. But what I mean by that is I want people to try and set aside their bias and really listen and compare the contest that's happening on that day. Mm -hmm. Right? Not, oh, I heard this person play better. I heard this person, I heard this band play better. Or like, or such and such a band has won the last four majors. Right. That can't be in your mind because what if they come out and don't play well? Right. So I'm saying try and remove those variables but you're never you're not going to remove the well this is the style that i like like you yeah. it's never going to happen i don't think you want to right i don't so, think you want to in the long run so for me i want i want the contest to be judged on the day what you're hearing on the day don't judge uh, a band against themselves right and uh, whether it's like that year the performances you've heard or the last time you judged them yeah. um and and then I think when you are splitting hairs at the at the top and the middle and the bottom third of, of the of the grade or whatever, try and be try and be as honest as possible and put yourself in that situation and say, This is like be be honest and have the integrity and say, Well, this is I'm calling the contest how I heard it. Not necessarily on what I what I wanted to hear, but like this is this is what I heard and I can stand behind it. But I think, I think, as you said, the vast majority, I think that's happening. Like, I do think that that, yeah. I think that's happening. Um, I think that there are probably uh, some, some uh, I don't want to say better ways, but ways that could be explored, like we've, like we've just talked about, that could improve certain aspects. But I don't think that people are going out to, quote unquote, screw people or screw no, no. bands. Um, uh, I just don't really think that that's happening are we too stuck in our own like are we too stuck in our own heads though too as judges maybe maybe like and and think about it less like i'm I'm thinking about it more locally like for example here in the u.s when you play locally you're going to see the same handful of judges Mm -hmm. the vast majority of the time Mm -hmm. and they give the same result the vast majority of the time Mm -hmm. and 
how do you know those results are legit? For example, a good example is in the Oren Moore days, we would go to Ontario and lose <laughs> definitively to all Ontario bands in, in the grade one. And then we would go over in Scotland. I wouldn't say we beat them all the time, but we were, we were decidedly right in the mix with those bands. You think it was a more level playing field when you weren't on Not necessarily on more level, but certainly different. And, and when you go to Ontario, it, that, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's the same handful of judges. Like, uh, how do you... But Scottish bands could say the same thing. It's the same handful of judges that they see every oh, for week. for sure. Right? For sure. And, and West Coast bands and, and yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that, I think that just, I think gathering data in any way that you can would be super legitimizing Mm -hmm. and not, not to say the Ontario judges are bad at all. Not, not what I'm saying. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're saying the opposite. I'm saying the opposite, but, but also like, but data would help you determine whether or not like maybe Mm -hmm. you're out of touch with certain aspects Mm -hmm. of, and, and like, and there you go. That's a perfect example, right? Like, if you if your local panel is out of touch in some aspect of what like is really going on worldwide that can be super detrimental to your your like bands from your community being successful yeah and and the growth and development of the band as well right, right? like if you're if you're if you're always trying to appease like a certain Uh, a certain thing that your local judges have become accustomed to wanting. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's not that it's wrong, but maybe it doesn't line up with, you know, what you're going to be needing to provide, you know, Mm -hmm. to put forward, uh, let's say in the, in the world championship race. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really interesting. And that's why, like, that's why Orrin Moore struggled in Ontario, in my opinion. And it's not that what they were looking for in Ontario is wrong in any way. It's not what I'm saying. But I, I was always focused on here are the ingredients I think we need to be successful in Scotland. And, and those ingredients did not translate the way that we, that we wished they would in Ontario. So different things were being looked for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think always it's good to get um, as many ears as possible. And, and fresh sure. sets of and, ears. And don't get me wrong. Like there are like, for example, we go up to Ontario and lose to 78th Frasers all the time. And meanwhile, every now and then we, we would beat them in Scotland mm-hmm. every now and then. Not, uh, it was, not, a, you know, definitely not a common thing, but it was possible there. Mm-hmm. Like 70th Frasers play with like tons of tempo, right? Like tons of tempo, amazing, like ensemble, like effect, uh, and they're just a more mature band from like the like the big picture excitement point of view. Mm-hmm. That's why we'll never beat them in Ontario because that's like the judges are really into that mm-hmm. there. I've, that's just a random opinion that could be totally unfounded and apologies, but you know, in advance. But like that's the vibe I got. It's like those bands in Ontario, they're out, they're going out there, and they're putting on a, a they're putting on like a, a great perform, like probably. Like the average passerby is, you know, going to get the same sort of result, you know, because of like the degree to which they're great showmans, mm-hmm. you know. Meanwhile, like I was dialed into tonal production and like, you know, and some of the detail stuff, which probably maybe got rewarded in Scotland. Like it was probably the right thing to do considering our goal was to be successful in Scotland first and foremost. 
but those other elements we were certainly weaker in. Have I just like I don't even know what I just said for the last long time, but like, no, I, think I don't it, know if it made any sense. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Just talking about, um, but I feel like a grade. I feel like a young grade one band in Scotland is going to be is, is at least at the time was rewarded for producing a great tone and playing good basic fundamentals. So that and that's what we focused on, uh, and that was like that's what's going to get you there. Like that was the, the way you're going to get to the final is by not pushing the tempo super high in the MSR, let's say, but instead like trying to get it right and get the sound good and basic ensemble there. And then meanwhile, like you take a band like the Frasers, which is like so far beyond what Oren Moore was in terms of like big picture elements, like the elements that can win you the worlds, let's say. You know, like like brilliant ensemble, super brilliantly conceived, like yeah, drum scores. Yeah, if done really, really well. Yeah. yeah. So like, so if if um, almost like if you had merged like the two approaches mm-hmm. perfectly together, like though it could have like it could have been in the top six or something. Mm-hmm. But like, but that was the angle they were playing. Mm-hmm. Different, right? Yeah, it's different approaches. Yeah, right. It's like two three zone versus like like overplaying man to man or something mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, like different, different style of approach and it's all just like strategic. Why am I talking about this? Oh yeah. Judge in the judge. So it'd be interesting. Like it'd be interesting to take a poll. I think, I think, yeah, I think it would be really, really interesting to see. And now it's like, now I'm wondering if maybe you take all judges on all panels. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. And pick, yeah. and then every time there's a contest, pick twenty. Yeah. And ask them to score a contest. Like, and it could be from anywhere in the world, just you, to see think, what happens. Do you think people would buy into that though? I would super. I would super buy into it. No, I know, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm not convinced that people would buy into it. On that note, coffee break. Yeah. Okay. How do I pause this? I don't know. I'm just gonna end a recording and start a new one. Okay. I'm afraid to press it. This is the first time using the machine. I'm afraid to press the button. Don't lose it. So we're back. Uh, Brown Brothers podcast. Yeah. So um, what is it? What is this all about? I have no idea. Because like instantly, the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh my God, if the three of you were on a podcast, you'd you'd get in so much trouble. Maybe there's more like I, I mean this in the most like uh, loving way possible. There is so much opinion going on between the three Brown brothers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, unadulterated, purely honest, well-intentioned opinion. Mm-hmm. But a lot of but it, and it's all like kind of similar, but there are subtle, extremely like important differences. Usually, often too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know how long it would last because I think it might break out into fights too. I think you definitely there would be fights. Yeah, and there would definitely be external pressures put on the podcast after the like the first ten minutes mm-hmm. because of something that was said or implied or whatever, and then you know how you guys handled the external pressure. Yeah, I don't. I, I think. Have you listened to the Channerant podcast? Mm-mm. Like that's really interesting. What's it called? The Chanter Rant oh. podcast. Who's I've it? been on it a couple times. Who? Andy and Josh from Las Vegas. 
Oh, I I have heard of it. I have it's, heard of it. It's funny. Yeah. It's really like it's a. It's it's focused on uh, similar issues, but you know, uh, but more for like the. Uh, more for like the hobbyists. Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of like careerists. That, yeah. You know, so like, so yeah, like for people who just want to play in pipe bands, like why is it so such an awful experience? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, but it's good and they're really wicked funny and stuff. And I've been on it. I've been on the podcast a couple of times, but the external pressures they've been experiencing are uh, fully as predicted. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's that may be one of the reasons why we haven't done it. Yeah. Well, one of the rules about podcasting is you don't talk about RSPBA judges, apparently. Mm. Um, like, apparently, the Big Rab podcast has gotten a lot of external pressure, apparently, Are th- to, not go, to not go down that road, like, on the air. And are they... I I'm ignorant. I haven't I haven't listened. Uh, but like, are they are they naming names, talking about people, slagging them off? Not RSBBA judges, but uh, yeah, they've they've certainly in the early days of the podcast, it was like pretty wild and crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think I to think, the point where to the point where it's not good. Like like uh, they they cross certain lines that like just there's no. This is this is the one in Vegas the, or the, the big rap one. Yeah. I think big rap is like. You know, uh, he, Big Rab's the man. I don't know. I mean, I know of him, and I know the I know the show. I only, uh, I mean, I only, I've only actually like had conversations with him, like on his. I, I went on. I did his podcast one time. And oh, stuff. right on. Pretty fun. But uh, he gets some. He gets some some big names apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like, I really did. He he uh, he's in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, he's able to get. Now, here's a question. Is is he a player? Big Rab? He is a I to my under to my knowledge, he's like a decent snare drummer. Oh, okay. And I, I think that's his like I think I think he'd be the first person to tell you like you know that I don't think he he certainly doesn't come across as trying to portray himself as more or less than that. I I I'd, I'd be interested in meeting him. I've never met him. Um but I, I've heard good things. He, but he's in the mix. He, he has his own dojo in Northern Ireland. Okay. But it helps to be like kind of closer to the, the big mix that gets you some of the names. In it. I heard that um, Richard Parks was on there recently. Yeah. yeah. I haven't checked it out though. I, me either. I should check it out. It, hurt, it hurts. Like I'm a huge Richard Parks fan, but mm-hmm. like it, it, it's, pain, it's a painful kind of fanboy uh scenario you know <laughs> god he's crushed my soul so many times he's, he's a he's a good guy so many times great 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 pipe major it's hard like like uh because i write a lot of music mm-hmm. so so some of the bands that i've played with have played that that music and like that makes it extra hard maybe maybe not but it feels like it makes it extra hard like there's this music out there that you really attach to Mm-hmm. Whether it's good or bad, whatever, who doesn't matter. But you're, but you're like super invested. Like you've written some of the music, and and then you also go through the preparation to play in the band, mm-hmm. and then like and then it goes great. There's just one minor detail, year after year after year, <laughs> which is it also went great for Field Marshal. Yeah, yeah. 
I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of people can say that though. A Year lot of, a lot of people have that that same experience. Oh, for sure. Oh no, no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to you. The initial question that you asked uh, after Oliver Arnold. Will the great titans of of pipe bands regret? Yeah. Not having uh, pushed for more legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And I and here's the reason I think they will. Maybe. This is this is just random. You think they will regret? Yes. Yeah. Because they they deserve to be recognized as titans. But if if we ever become legitimate, we're going to look back at the times that were less legitimate and say were they even that good or or what? Like like hmm. there's no there's no you know what I mean? And they're you're going to regret that. Like like Stephen Stephen is and this isn't to say he's not pushing for more legitimacy or anything, but like just as an example, Stevens won the world dr- solo drumming like what eight times in a row or something. Mm-hmm. Or Jim Kilpatrick too would be another guy, great titan of drumming that I can name. Mm-hmm. Then then there's yourself and whatever. <laughs> uh, but um, Steve Steve McCord has won it eight times in a row. In a row, nine overall. And let's pretend like let's fast forward twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Presumably things are going to be considerably more legitimatized probably in ways we don't know yet. Cause if we did, maybe we'd already be there or whatever, but there's certainly going to be like a different a way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to look back. Like I look back now, like how good was Willie Ross? I don't know. Never met him. Never heard him. Granted, there will be recordings and stuff, which will be helpful. Like, you can watch every one of Steven's performances on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is probably good. But, like, I've only heard, my, like, super quick clips of Willie Ross. And uh, how good was he? I think that's a slightly loaded question, though, in, in terms of... But, like, does I'm, I wonder if a person like Willie Ross... If let let's say he was still living or whatever, like I wonder if he would have regrets about not not pushing for more legitimacy. I don't know. Like, and it's just to be honest, I'm just putting it out there as food for thought. Not that I have strong opinions one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But but the interesting part about that question, though, is and we've talked about this before, is things are different generation to generation. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. standards are different. So, so when you say like, how good was he? I mean, we have talked about this. We talked about it last night about, um, you know, Phil Marshall being the the kind of like, uh, let's say quote unquote gold standard, uh, in recent times versus, uh, Strathclyde police. I think just before we go too far, like, I think I really do believe that everybody's doing the best they can. Right. Like, so I'm not, it, it, I'm sure it could come across like I'm like super s- slagging like what's happening. And I don't feel that way really. In the moment, I can feel that way. But in the, looking back, I don't really, like, you know what I mean? If yeah, you, hindsight, you, hindsight. Yeah, if you take the last year. Yeah. Like, I think the things that have gone down are good. Yeah. And moment to moment, though, it's like, I always have this feeling like, God, we could be doing better than this. So, but to go um, back to your question, though, about like, will they will what is how did you put it the titans the titans of today the great players yeah, yeah. like cuz when you're a great player like and and the thing that you know the cuz i hang out with great players but i'm not one 
Well, on paper. Okay. Right? Okay. Maybe I'm great at certain things, but like I'm not like I'm not like a four time class winner. I'm just not. I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and I pipe majored a good grade one band, but I, I'm not like a grade one I'm not a winning grade one pipe major. Okay. I'm just you know what I mean? On paper that's just not the case. Uh totally lost my train of thought trying to defend myself. Um Okay. Cause like these great players are the great players are the ones who could push for change. Right. But they don't. Right. So why do you, you? why do you, why do you think that is? I want them to be, but it's, but I, I don't know. I want them to, but I, but I'm not in that position. Mm -hmm. A good example. And uh, maybe let's tread lightly around this topic, but a good example is the CPA. Mm Mm-hmm. Like CPA, the Competing Pipers Association in Scotland that governs the big competitions for solo pipers. Mm-hmm. That's what it is for people who, who don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's made up of, it's made up of players, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting thing, right? It's like governed by the players, which is great. But change is very slow in the CPA, as with most governments, right? But change is very slow. But a big part of the big reason behind that is the players who are involved are like, they don't want to rock the boat because, the, because they're in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. They're winning. Things mm-hmm. are, you know, they're, they have, they've figured out how to win in the current system. So, so they're not pushing for drastic change, even though a lot of the things that are going on are far from ideal. So here's here's and they'll, and they'll be the first to tell you that. Here's a take on this though, right? And I, and I, again, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just, I just want to chew on that thought. Okay, two things. Here here's number one. Um, I think that these players that you're talking about, I think they are pushing things. It just may not be what you think that they should be pushing. And I'm not saying okay. that that's good or bad, or that I agree or disagree. But when you think about the hot topic right now that they're trying that they're trying to work on is the internationality of um, qualifying for the medals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, going on with the world solos uh, yeah, in, in, like, in drumming as well. Like there's an international contingent of players that want, you know, a better avenue mm-hmm. to <coughs> to qualify for the different stages of the medals. Mm-hmm. And it's a really hard thing to figure out. And that's the hot topic, mm-hmm. but it's but it's hard because if you're already winning, to to want to change that it becomes tricky. Okay, so let's let's and or and or you're apathetic because you don't because you've already qualified. Okay, so let's let's go back to the two things that I'm going to talk about. So number one, I think that um, they are pushing things, but it just may not be how how you or maybe other people want them to push. I think a lot of these players that you're thinking of um, I think they're I think they're pushing I think they're pushing the level of play that's what I think they're doing that's and, certainly what they're most concerned with which is by and large obviously what you want right so so I think that they are I think they're concerned with that I think they're concerned with pushing their level of play and those around them uh, which inevitably is going to be pushed uh, to get better if they're not quite at that spot yet. 
But, but it's tricky, right? I mean, it's the reason that uh, it's the reason that like democracy is important mm-hmm. because sometimes level of play as determined by individuals is wrong. Mm-hmm. But so the second thing, though, and is there are definite examples of that in the solo piping world, mm-hmm. right? Like where where what where what like where what that small oligarchy of people, where what they consider to be good is incorrect. Okay. And, and then we've seen it. So every now and then it's transcended. Every now and then you get a holy shit performance. Mm-hmm. Somebody shows up, it's not what's expected, but it's clearly better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rare, but it happens. Yeah. And, uh, and that's like, the, that is, right? That's the big, especially with P-Brock playing, that is like the big obstacle. Like that is the biggest criticism of the competition system is, is it, uh, it channels that it, it channels singularity, Mm -hmm. right? Like P rock and this art form that we're doing to have one way of playing it is not ideal. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then, and then, so for like a small collective of people at the top competing, like, like, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but like for them to be in charge of the standard of play is weird, right. complicated. So, so here's number two, right? Number one was, I do think that they are pushing for change, but maybe just not the change you're, that, that you're talking about, but they are pushing, they are pushing things forward. Um, certainly level of play. Uh, but number two, maybe, and I think you're talking a little bit about this, there isn't much motivation for them to change some of the things you're talking about. Because they're doing well, because they're winning, right? It's, so it's the problem so, with any government, right? Uh, of course, it's the problem. With, like so, when, so when when you when you're running for the Senate, you're making lots of promises. When you actually get there, and you realize that following through on some of that could, uh, you know, put your position at risk, mm-hmm. or whatever that means, like it, it makes it harder to push those buttons mm-hmm. to make those decisions. But the other thing that you can think about is. Yeah, again, I think we're agreeing, but maybe coming from slightly different um, perspective on it's it. It's just is, the human condition. It's just the way that it is. So maybe there's not much motivation for them to change things once they get there. And you can call it apathy. Like one of the big arguments is other people are other uh, other people have done it. Mm-hmm. That's the big argument. So So when it comes to the idea, the idea from my perspective is you should be able to win, let's say, you should be able to win a gold medal without living in Scotland or, or something like that, right? Yeah, but I think, I think that happens all the time, though. It's pretty rare. It's, it's more and more rare, isn't it? Am I missing something? I think it happens more now than it, than it has ever. By living in Scotland, I mean spending prolonged periods of time there. Mm-hmm. Which is, so it's, it's exceedingly unlikely... I think, maybe I'm wrong. Like I've think, been wrong already several times on this podcast. I think, so whatever. I think I think you'd have to look at the list of people that have won. Well, let's look at like Glenn, for example, has been really successful. Mm-hmm. Your brother Glenn, mm-hmm. but he 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 lives there basically. Yeah, but and his, and his success his success came, you know, came in you know significant abundance once he was living there, focused on doing it. The, 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 he's, he's only won one, one of the gold medals and that was in 2009 
He wasn't living there yet. No, he was, but he was. but just had recently moved there. Yeah. So you get that little bit of that spike, maybe. Maybe. Do you? I don't I, know. I don't know, but like <laughs> I'm pontificating. I don't but, know. Um, Specul- uh, raw speculation. Stuart Easton won a gold medal this year. Yeah. From New Zealand. Yeah. He's not living in Scotland. He's not spending a significant amount of time there, yeah. to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, Alan Out, Bevan. Outlier. Alan Bevan has won both gold medals, right? I think you, you there there are there are plenty of others. Um, it's interesting though. I mean, like like British Columbia has done such a great job with that. Mm-hmm. They're like a satellite. They they have they have successfully become like a satellite mm-hmm. uh, Pebrock culture mm-hmm. and solo piping culture, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Kind of off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Alan has spent some significant amounts of time. When I was mildly successful. I was spending shorter, like focused periods of time in Scotland. But like what makes me sad now is like, you know, considering that I have a a family and a career, you know, here in New York, Mm -hmm. uh, what makes me sad is I'm not, you know, I'm not going to win a gold medal. But I, but I think we talked about this the other night. I think that those. and, And like, by the way, like it's in large part because I'm not good enough at the moment at the moment. Like uh, I, I kind of believe if I, I kind of believe if I were motivated and I got into it, I could maybe do it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe um, I kind of, I, I like to think that, but it's like, uh, um, but how would I, how would I go about doing that? Well, and I'm not the only but one. I think, right? I think that there, I think that there, my understanding of what you're talking about is I think that they are trying to. They are trying to, which I is good. They're trying. We to talked about this last night. Like, implement uh, um, systems so that so that it actually is easier for foreign players, but the execution just hasn't come yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, right? how can you expect it to in the first right? Iteration so of so it? that so that's that's going to happen. But but to really quickly go back just to one final thing on on the Titans pushing for or, or will they regret um, not pushing enough or whatever. Um, the other thing, though, I think that you have to consider is maybe they're just not good at that kind of thing, which is which is which is ironic. Like I was thinking that too. Like like Roger Goodell, mm-hmm. the NFL commissioner dude. Mm-hmm. He's not like is he a player? No. Like did he play? No. Like there's probably a reason for that, right? Like he has a certain type of commissionership mastery mm-hmm. that puts him in the position to do that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, most head coaches played to a point. To a point, but but a lot of them didn't play professionally. Belichick didn't, I don't think. No, um, being the only head coach that really matters. To me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but 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 so those are those are the the I guess that's, that's a three a point, I guess that's three things that 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 I would I would consider about that is number one right is I think they are pushing for change. But from a playing standpoint, from like a, a level of play. And I think that is their, that's their wheelhouse, right? That's what they know. Right. Number two, and this one is, is kind of frustrating, is there's not much motivation for them to push for the kind of change you're talking about, yeah. which, which I do think, which I don't think that, I don't think that they regret. I don't think that they're going to look back 25 years from now and say, hmm, I could have done things differently. Why would they? There's not much motivation. Yeah. And I don't mean to... And I think that's what it is. It's like a space race, kind of. It's like, you yeah, know, my goal right now is to win, 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 win. Yeah. Because that's the way that... 
that's that's my that's going to be my way of like creating a legacy. Now the more interesting thing to me is once they're done playing, are they going to push for change? Are they going to use their position? Are they going to use their name and their um, influence to actually impact change? And I'm not sure about that. And, and that's like you the said thing. Too. I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest issue is what I want is different than probably what other people want. Yes, but, but but then I have like I have in my mind in my brain I have like other I have other things that I've seen as a model in mm-hmm. my brain like like snowboarding is a good example it's yeah. like you've got and like granted I understand it's split out into countries and that's not what I'm advocating mm-hmm. I'm not advocating like Team USA bagpipes it'd be interesting to see though if fun. there if there was an Olympics of of pipe bands if you could put together like a team I think that should happen yeah. I think that should happen. You come heard on, it somebody, here first, folks. Somebody, come on, make that happen. That would be fun. Who would be, who would be, Wouldn't here's it? the thing, Wouldn't here's it? the thing I don't know. Like, all right, who would be, okay, new topic, screw all this. Okay, but hold whiny. on, I just, we will come up right back to this, but the okay. third thing, the I third thing remember, about that. I'm remembering what my jumping off point is going to be, okay. The third thing about that, I guess I'm adding a third is um, maybe these titans that we're talking about just aren't good at the kind of, at implementing and, why and impacting the kind of change that you're talking about and yeah. looking for. And why should they be? Like, it's a complicated issue and I'm not qualified either, clearly. But I do think when they finish playing, they should be and I don't think enough are. That's where I'll leave that. Interesting. I wonder if we'll see that more like as your, like as the current, like the current titans start to retire. Like, like for example, is Willie retired? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, like I've heard, like I've heard that. I've heard somebody speculating about Willie retiring or something. Let's not go there because I don't know. I, I have no, no idea. Zero facts. But like, I'm wondering. Like, let's say hypothetically, like eventually Willie and Jack and Angus McCall and these guys are going to retire and Roddy, like that crop of like like severe like there's Bruce. many many titans in that group mm-hmm. of that like maybe. Is it an age group or like a generational something? Like, so eventually they'll retire. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do, I wonder? Anyway, let's not talk about that anymore because we have a way more interesting thing to talk about. So okay. two questions. World Pipe Band Olympics. Mm-hmm. Question one, what's, what are the rules? Question two, I'll remember question two. So what are the rules? So you have to, your mailing address has to be in the country of the band you're performing with? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Like, what are the rules? Yeah, that's a good question because I, um, yeah. Because you're Canadian, but you live in the U.S. Canadian and British. And, and British. And, and British. And, so it's not citizenship. And Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, technically I could play for three teams. So is it like your permanent mailing address? That would be interesting. And that would change the game a little bit, I think. And like, and if it's not permanent mailing address, could Reed play for Team Canada? Well, well, his permanent mailing oh, address, and is, he's Canadian citizenship now too. Maybe yeah, I don't, yeah, none of my business. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. don't know. Don't want to speculate. Yeah, but like, so but the, I know where you're going with. But this you know what I mean. What are the question? rules? What, yeah. are the, what are the rules? I um, well, what are the rules for for um, international soccer football? Don't know. Right, you can play if you have citizenship with another country. You can play for that country. Oftentimes that happens. Right. You don't make and hockey. You don't hockey. make you don't make the Canadian team, but you have yeah. Uh, obviously, you have American citizenship. Yarmir Yager lives in the U.S., but he doesn't play for Team USA in the Olympics. Right. So these guys play for their home countries. <clears throat> but I think where it becomes more more interesting is, like I was just trying saying, 
um, if you have dual citizenship, and so are, many Piper people do, are you are you trying to play for one, and if you don't make it, you go to the other, or or, or what? Because <laughs> yeah. that happens. That yeah, happens in know. sport. I would definitely be if I made the team. I would be on Team USA because that's I'm just like this is where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, you're a more interesting case. Reed is a more interesting case. Mm-hmm. Um, and like guys like Drew Duther mm-hmm. are an interesting case. Like what are the rules for these? Yeah. Would they play for who they want to play for? Like like citizenship? Could they play for who they want to play for? Is it citizenship only? Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, so it, we need to figure out what the rules are. I would say, I would say that, yeah, the dual citizenship thing is interesting. Because you could play for multiple, and then in nations. the UK, would there be like would there be Northern Ireland? No, I think you'd have to go by country there, right? Like I think you'd have to go by so how does Northern that work? Ireland. Yeah, so you'd go by Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, Republic of Ireland, Scotland, Scotland England. England. I think it would have to be. It would have to be. Yeah. Okay. It couldn't. It couldn't just be the UK. Next like, question. You'd run out of roster spots. Next question I've thought about. Who's the pipe major and lead drummer? Yeah, man. So <laughs> let's go with Team Scotland. We have to be careful here because this, you know, who would be who would be pipe major and leading drummer of Team Scotland? Would it be Stuart and Stephen? Would it be, would Jake be the leading well, drummer? Well, Stephen's not Scottish, right? Oh, shit. I didn't even, I totally forgot that. Yeah. So he would be, presumably, see, this could be really He's weird. He's from a hochel. Right. So, so Stephen would have to be, would he have to be team Northern Ireland? I don't know. This is, this is the question, right? This could stir up some bad shit. Jake Jorgensen's from Denmark, right? Andrew Lawson's Canadian. Yeah, man, this is getting weird. So, so, okay. So presumably team Northern Ireland is Richard Parks and Stephen then. Okay. Is that safe to say? Sure. Ish? Sure. And I, I honestly, I don't know enough about everybody, so maybe I'm missing other obvious candidates. But let's just go with like mainstream. So that would be an interesting mix. to mm-hmm. say. So would Team Northern Ireland definitely win? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, like just, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. You're laughing because I shouldn't have said something like that. No. Okay. no Team I... Scotland, like, would you go with a, like... Chris Armstrong or a Stewart or what would you go with? I mean, I uh, Ryan Canning personally. Oh no, see Ryan Canning would he be Team Northern Ireland? Yeah, he's he's from Northern Ireland. So you have now you've got Richard Parks and Ryan Canning mm-hmm. and Stephen all putting their heads together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the 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 leadership is interesting though. Like who who you go with, right? Well, and 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 we're not we can't stop at Scotland. So then we have Team Canada too. So but, but we didn't. We, we yeah, didn't. we haven't even we haven't even. Uh, I mean, it's a difficult thing. The interesting and thing. And what teams Glenn playing for? Well, the interesting thing to look the interesting thing to look Glenn's at. Glenn's got some clout. Oh, and then you got your Matt Wilsons. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing to look at would might be might be, would you go with who? Like for Team Northern Ireland, would you would you not just go with Richard and Keith, who well, already who, who, who already have an established partnership? Would and, you just and a, go and with a pretty dang successful one? Like or, like would let's say Richard let's say Richard was more or less in charge of picking his team. Yeah, would well, he, would well, he just would he just take FM out? And he, the answer is probably yes. I don't know. Well, he's got a lot of Scottish players in there. 
So right? yeah, so maybe he would. And, and have a lot to of make, maybe there would be some players. some substitutions that would have to happen. But I think that that would be interesting to look at. Would you just go with like what Team Scotland? Would you not just go with um, Robert and Jim? Right, like, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Like, certainly, certainly, if you think about, it would certainly be. If it ever happened, it would certainly be like absolute mayhem trying to decide Team Scotland. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would be impossible. How would you do it? I don't know. All right, let's come back to that. You'd you'd have to you would have to you would have to do what they do in sports, where they have general managers who are actually picking the leadership. Like the players don't get to say that's who we want, right? You have a committee, you have general managers yeah. who are saying these are the people that we're going to put in charge because these are the people we think can be the most successful. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. But then you have you have different types of problems in other countries. Uh let's let's uh let's come back to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Team Canada. Mm-hmm. That would obviously be a contender. Mhm to win the gold medal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if Scotland got it figured out and if, if Richard was actually in charge of picking team Northern Ireland, needless to say, those are your front runners. Mm-hmm. I think that's needless to say, but Canada has a, there's a prayer there. So who's a high major and leading drummer of team Canada? Well, again, it goes, it goes back to if you're counting Reed as Canadian, right? Because I'm, I'm almost positive. No, I am positive. Reed has Canadian citizenship. Um, so is Reed definitely the guy? Well, I mean, who else would it be? I think certainly, besides you, buddy, you just pointed to yourself. <laughs> uh, besides you, because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. We kind of, well, would you be our only hope on Team America, though? Uh, we'll come back to that. Maybe not, certainly not the only one. But anyway. Canada, there's Reed and there's Drew that have like grade one clout. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two names that come to mind. Yeah. I, I think... Is that it though? That's not it. Um, like is your... Like what jo- about, there's John your Fisher? Brother, yeah, there's John Fisher. There's your Graham. brother, Graham. Yeah. There's you. Uh, is that it? I mean, you could, you could go through people that have been lead drummers in Canada for, for the last... 30 years certainly I mean certainly you're gonna certainly you gotta lean towards Reed I mean if you're if you're counting Reed as being Canadian which he is a naturalized citizen here's another question here's yeah question it has to be Reed 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 is it has to be Reed Reed is um, like statistically and practically one of the best lead drummers of all time Reed has a mostly Canadian drum corner right Hundred percent. I think it's hundred percent now. Well, Tano, I believe Tano is a naturalized citizen now as well. Certainly, he. If we're going citizenship based, he's, he's... Uh, Stephen Painter's from from Ireland. Okay, but but living in Vancouver. So, but anyway, Reed might just go with the might just go with his core. I mean, yeah, that's well, it. That might be it, right? Like, that might be the there, end there of the might be some substitutions, right? Like if you if Tano wanted to go play really with work, Team Scotland, the, uh, the whole idea doesn't really work now that we're drilling into it because why wouldn't Richard go with his band? Well, because, because he has some Scottish players, fine, but there's because still probably be some half the band, half the band would, would, would be fine. But I mean like, okay, fine. So maybe Richard would, I, maybe there would be interest there, but I, like for Reed, like, wouldn't you just send the SFU pipe band out? Let's let, how about just, just summarizing it with that? 
more, I mean, more it, or less. It, it Although would, here's the question I want you know the question I want to ask. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. What's the question? You know the question I want to ask. What is it? No, I'm not going to. Never mind. I'm not going there. Why wouldn't you just send the SFU pipe band out? I, I, I don't think that that's a bad idea. That, like, is that, would that be the strategy to try to win? Uh, would that be the strategy to try to win the gold medal in the bagpipe Olympics, bagpipe band Olympics? It would be a pretty good strategy. Okay, next question. Is there any conceivable way on planet Earth Team USA could be competitive? No. Wow. You just came right out and said it. Not at this point. Competitive competitive in, in what sense? Like shooting for first place? Yeah, yeah, baby. No. Metal. Meddling. Meddling, no. Okay, why why not? Because it's interesting. I think that I think I'm I'm extremely like uh, patriotic in saying this, but I think if you absolutely had the perfect storm of people getting along and working together, you absolutely could. Mm, I think that you have you have Scotland, Northern Ireland. Republic of Ireland, There's certain, Canada, there, Australia, and New Zealand yeah. that you would have to overcome. Yep. Because all of those places. It depends. It depends, right? Like, there, there, are, certain, there are certain things I believe would need to happen. Mm-hmm. But for, let's start in the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, like, you have many of the people that are in the Dunedin Drum Corps right now that are very good drummers, mm-hmm. right? Off the top of my head, and sorry for anybody I missed, but you've got your McNeils, Scotty Fletchers. I don't know if you know Quinn that well, but I know he's a great drummer. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, uh, Alex Caudell played, right? Mm-hmm. Really good drummer, mm-hmm. I think, to my knowledge. Who else am I missing? Uh, Heavy Mike, hitters. Michael Shoppy's a Shoppy's good, player. good. Like my brother's good. Like my brother's Shoppy-esque, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got, you've got those drummers. Yeah. And then... If you and your brother played, is your brother qualified for Team America? Um, I mean, he doesn't have citizenship. Neither do I. Right, but your permanent address is here. Yeah. So if you, if you allowed that. Yeah. But would you? Is that even a thing? Or would you be definitely, one, uh, definitely a different team? I, it would, You're it, leaning towards Canada. Well, it would depend. Leadership would, would play a big part. Like who was in charge of well, what? I mean, so, and, and we have to get there. Mm-hmm. We have to get to the leadership aspect. But mm-hmm. like there are bodies. But that's where I would start though. But there are enough bodies in Team America to make a great drum corps. Oh yeah. Like there are, there are really good players. Eli Fugate. Yeah, Duncan Eli, McPherson. Duncan. Uh, Richard Boffman's a really good player. Um, so you've got you, like. Duncan Miller is American. Like they're, 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 what team would Duncan play for? Well, I think. Like does he identify as an American drummer? I don't know. Because that's really kind of what it is, right? But, Who do you identify? But then, as? but then, but then that goes back to that's a really interesting question because um, I'm a Canadian-born player, right? Yeah. And I think of myself. What do you identify as? Like, I you, think of myself as a Canadian player because that's where my go. my I think like, that's see, where I think my that, upbringing was. But but <clears throat> where my where my my um, 
most influence came from was from Jim. And like even even when I was living in Canada, that's where the the biggest influence came from. But I think and that's playing, okay though. You can be influenced like you in any in any realm. You can yeah. be influenced by somebody foreign and not identify like with that mm-hmm. like nationality necessarily. But that I'm but, definitely that way. I mean, like my training comes from Canada, mm-hmm. with the uh, with the exception of Peabrock, which comes from Donald, which is, you know, not. But that's but what's like interesting, pipe, though. My pipe band and my light music, like like the vast majority of all of those influences. And by the way, my creativity, like my passion for writing, like medleys and and stuff, all comes from Michael Gray, Bill Livingston, mm-hmm. Bruce Gandy. Mm-hmm. It's all, that's all like, like that's, I wish I could be half as good as those guys. So like, so all of my influences are Canadian. Right. Which is interesting, by the way, to me, now that I say that out in the air, that it's not more Scotland, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. It's like my influence is heavily Canadian. But so talking about that though. But I do not identify as a Canadian player whatsoever, 0%. And that's, that's what, that's what I think is really interesting because I do identify as a Canadian player because I'm Canadian. Right. But I was taught by a Scottish guy. Right. And then, and then my biggest influence was Jim and playing with Jim. And so that's why if you said, well, it's going to be Jim's drum corps. If that's who, if that's who, the the Scottish um, representation you is you would want that, to play for Scala maybe well it would be interesting right because because yeah like there's some really really good years really good times playing in that core and learning from from Jim so interesting it, it uh, but I wasn't taught by any Canadians like I wasn't taught by any Canadian players I don't have any like uh, huge Canadian influences. Um, I played with Craig Stewart and he, and he was, it's a really hard thing to say, like, like just at the drummer. risk, just at the risk of accidentally offending anyone. Like, yeah. obviously I was taught by many great American players, right. Right. but I'm just talking about like, I'm just talking about the absolute root of things mm-hmm. for me, like the absolute root of the majority of my influence. Mm-hmm. And, and of course I lived there for a long time. In Canada. Mm-hmm. But okay. Uh, so it becomes interesting. Mm-hmm. So back to the ingredients of a competitive American pipe band. You know what the most, the weirdest thing to me is? You could make a, I think, in the perfect storm, perfect world, you could make a competitive American drum corps. I'm not sure you could do it in the piping. I think you probably could. I'm not, I don't know if you, I don't know. It's like, it's not nearly as like, like name, 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 name. It's not nearly like that for me. Mm. Like, who are they? Like, I mean, yeah, there's some names, I, I, but like that could compete at the top level. But that's, that. I mean, without, without coming across super disrespectful, that's why it's a pretty quick no in terms of the meddling or, or, or being super competitive. It's, but it's ironic top. though, because like, it's ironic to me because in the US there are so many pipe cores everywhere that can't find drumming. Mm-hmm. Well, but this is this is the thing. This is the advantage that Scotland and Ireland and Northern Ireland have over almost the entire world is the geography. Yeah, the amount of really good players in a really small space, right? Like, how many times over does Scotland fit into America? Scotland the fits inside New York State, right? How many? So, so. And New York is a, one of the small states. So you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, how do you, 
how do you get those this is the this is not to go totally off topic it's something but this it's is, a passion of mine like that's why i'm pushing the issue by the way it's like i want to believe america can make a great 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 band I and think by the they way could. The, and by the way like like my my thought process is outdated you know, because like Dunedin kind of doing that right now a little bit, and Saint Tom- Thomas and Saint Thomas is kind of doing that. So like, I'm just behind. Interesting the times. that Saint Thomas's leadership is both Canadian, pipe major and lead drummer. Yeah. Ian Ian Donaldson, where did he play most of his career? I wonder how he identifies. I don't know him that well. I wonder how he identifies though. But he played in Canada, and then he played with Shots for uh, a handful of seasons there. Does he think? But does he? But I think it's how you identify. No, I'm sure. I'm sure he's American. But I'm. I'm just saying. Like, I'm sure. I'm. I, I. I'm pretty sure he would. He would want to be involved in Team America. Oh yeah. No. No. Pretty no, sure. no. He. I. I would. I hope so. Also. We need him. Bet that. Um, kind of need him. Uh, like because because I I don't know and I mean all right West Coast there's definitely some good players mm-hmm. over there West Coast. Mm-hmm. But like how many of the good players that are kind of in my brain for the uh, Team America Pipe Corps would would actually probably try to make Team Canada or something instead? But there might there may be no room in Canada though. No, there, but this is the thing because about- if Team Canada is it, like if it were to be just essentially SFU. Which it could be. Which it maybe should be if, if it wants to be like definitively most competitive. Because otherwise you're dealing with all the mixing of styles and, that's, and, and I think trying the, to that's, make that. I think is the biggest issue, which... This was your idea, by the way, so... Yeah, I, I'm into it. I think about it. I think about it... I think, yeah, so like... And then from time to time. Would the mixing of styles be something that like it would be good form well, to th- do This regardless? is the interesting thing. Roddy McLeod and I have had conversations about... Um, about five, five minute warning, by the way, about his, um, you know, the spirit of Scotland project, right? I'm talking yeah. like five, six years ago, we talked about this and, and his, his take on it was why, why do none of you good drummers want to play for another lead drummer? Like, why can't we just say this is the lead drummer and people come and play? And the, the biggest reason that I can come up with is stylistic. Like you want to play certain styles, right? Or, or certain style. Now, I think that the approach is very different in piping. Like, I think that you, you, not that it's, not that it's easier to blend styles. Style is less what it's about in piping. I mean, obviously it's a part of it, but like, would I rather play for, you know, like, I don't know. I don't want to name names. Right. But, uh, but would I rather play for person A or person B? Right. There is an underlying understanding about what person A versus what person B is capable of. And, that, th- and that's what determines it the most for me. And I think that that is a big difference between piping and drumming. When you look at drumming... For example, when I made a move to a top grade one band again, mm-hmm. there were only two people I would have possibly called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, then that would have been it. Per, uh, okay, fine, three. Because okay. I mean, because I mean, okay, if the first two people said no, like, would I, would I want to like figure out how to contact Richard and see if there was some way under the sun he mm-hmm. would let me play? Like, mm-hmm. like for sure. So fine, three. Mm-hmm. But like, but it's only because 
you know, but like uh, I have like allegiances to like certain people based on knowing them. Sure. Socially. Right. Mm -hmm. But also what I know they do. Mm -hmm. I'm talking stylistically about though, um, like physically motions and how you play are different under different leaders. Drumming is a more kinetic. Yeah. Activity. Yeah. Like I, 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 I truly believe that. Yeah. And so I think that that comes into play a little bit more than, well, I wouldn't play for that guy or I wouldn't yeah. play for that guy. Or, um, I don't think it's quite, and I, I was trying to say that to Roddy and he just, he just, he, he wasn't buying it at the time. And I just said, but that's why, that's why the most successful, um, formation in a short period would be just take that drum corps. Like take that existing entity. That makes me wonder if it's like, if it defeats the spirit of the idea. I know, but I'm saying it, I think it could be done if you had enough time and enough planning. I think it would be super So I think if you, I think if you said, um, you know, 2022, there's going to be an event and it's going to be the, the inaugural. um, The Tri-Wizard Cup. Whatever you want to call it. And it's going to be uh, country representation. I think you could do it. I think you could. I think you could get um, uh, wise people that have been there before, uh, management, general managers to put together leadership and then a roster. And you could literally do the way that sports teams do. You could have tryouts, and you you say, yeah, there's going to be an eight month tryout period. And here's the music that you're going to have to learn. And you come in, you play it for us. God, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to be a fly on the wall if that ever, like, by some, like... Be crazy, right? Strange act of piping gods like that ever, like, actually took off somehow. Because it never would, right? Because especially international I think it should. I think it should. Somebody make that happen. I know. And, you know... Get some, get some finances behind mom, it. Mom, mom, make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cool, man. Well, this is, I, I found this extremely fun. Yeah. I wonder if anyone is going to like this or um, I wonder if it's going to somehow put me out of business based on something I said. Where can they find this? Uh, well, I'm going to post this on the Piper's Dojo audio experience. It's going to be, it's going to be called chat with Blair Brown. Boom. And then I might actually, I usually don't like promote our, my other episodes enough, but like, I don't know. Is it promoted on Facebook? It could be. Yeah. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. What do you think about the setup? It's great. Yeah, it's really cool. I, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that the audio quality will be pretty good. I think it will. There was there was a period in time where we we could hear the uh, the chat going on outside the door. I don't know if you could hear that. I bet you we, I bet you won't even be able to hear it on these mics. We'll see. Wow. But the coffee was good this morning too. Wasn't it good? Really good. The place is good. Um, I definitely can't make it that good. You got you got to work on it. I'm good. I'm getting good though. Like Mm -hmm. later today, Andrew's going to make me a coffee on his espresso machine. I'm looking forward to it. I think he's kind of nervous. I you are like you are my coffee role model. One hundred percent. Thank you. I'll take it. There have been other people who have tried to like butt into that. Like other people I've talked to are like, Oh, look at my coffee machine, Andrew. Like, like 
And I don't let them because I'm loyal to you. There, there are some, there are some coffee geeks in the pipe band world. I, I thought about this with CrossFit, mm-hmm. by the way, especially having done a little bit in Glasgow when I was there last year. Like it would be cool to figure out who else does CrossFit in the pipe band world and like have, and do workouts. Mm-hmm. That's ner- super nerdy. <laughs> I get it, but it would be really cool though. Yeah. I bet you Bryce would uh, probably agree. Like it would be fun. Bryce and Cat would be in. You wouldn't it. want to do it every day, probably with the pipe band people, but like every now and then, yeah, have a little wad, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean, bruh. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, coffee club, pipe band coffee club of some kind could be really kick ass. Yeah. Is there anybody with a good machine like in Glasgow? There's your boy at Paper Cup. Would he host like a Would he host like a coffee nerd sesh? Oh yeah, probably during piping live. Probably. Paper could, Cup, everyone in Glasgow. When you're there, that's yeah. where you go. Could chat to him about it. He'd totally be into it because I we I hung out with him that one time. Yeah, he probably would. He probably would. Graham. <clears throat> we should do Graham, Ca- Graham Crawford. In my opinion, we should do more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. CrossFit workout with like piping people. Coffees. Like if you're into coffee, let's do coffee. I'm not into craft beer, but the people who are should like do something. Yeah. I just noticed on the the sole of my shoe looks like it's separating from the upper. I'm you, pretty bummed we, about that. We've been over this too. I'm yeah. not like, our, the, the difference in uh, the Brown Brothers shoes versus uh, the Douglas Brothers shoes is extreme, extreme differential. And on that note, everyone, this has been not really a fireside chat. It's basically a chat in the basement with no windows <laughs> with Thank, Blair Brown. Thanks for having me. I think you're welcome. Like, I think this has been good. We'll see. Uh, It could have been bad. We'll see. Bye, Mom.